The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willette. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience. I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for coming back to another episode. I am not going to ramble on for too long because I've already been working on this episode for hours and hours. I, I save lots of times as I go, but unfortunately the, the program crashed and it corrupted the saved file, so I had to start all the way at the beginning, which was like hours of extra work. So uh, I'm about to have a conversation with Andrea from the BMXNet conference. Um, person who performs piercing and scarification and lots of suspension work, and it's a great conversation. They're one of the, um, the you know, the organizational minds of the BMXNet conference, focusing on health and, and safety and the logistics of like actually making that conference run smoothly and and safely for people. So it's a great conversation with Andrea, um, talking about the history of body piercing in Germany through the '90s, through the fall of the Berlin Wall into the 2000s and that start of like the the bod mod scene suspension scene and really that that berlin uh body art culture so it's a great conversation that we're going to get into in, in just a minute some app news right now is the app election cycle nominations have closed and it is time to vote voting closes at the end of november 2021 so you have until i believe december 1st to cast your vote so please if you're an app member uh take a minute Go to the website. You should have already gotten an email reminder, but go to the website, log in, uh, vote on those three members that you would like to see join or stay on the APP's board of directors. And there's also uh, a question about updating bylaws and a quorum is necessary, blah, 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 blah. It's very important to vote just like every other aspect of life, local elections, national elections, uh, APP board of directors. It's important to vote and uh, make your voice heard, especially if you have a, a strong opinion on anything. Go to, go and vote, safepiercing.org, log into the members area, and cast your vote, please. Uh, I have uh, just a few episodes left until the end of 2021. I have a few more episodes with you, and I think next week is going to be a doozy. I think it's going to be Daniel Rutt from the UK, and if you don't already know who Daniel is, you are in for a treat. So definitely uh, stay tuned for, for next week. Um, I've got a special episode after that where Lola interviewed me. I talk about scarification and some other stuff. Uh, after that, maybe one or two episodes, and then I'm going to do like a year-end 2021 wrap-up episode, and then after that, I'm going to crawl back into my hole for a little while and take a little bit of a break, um, trying to do all these new classes for Patreon and, and videos and just lots of changes in my shop and, you know, just work stress in general. Uh, it's getting a little bit tough to, to go back to doing these these weekly podcasts for you. So um, after the, uh, the end of this year, I'm going to take a, another short hiatus and then I'll get back into some episodes with you. I've got plenty of plans still, plenty of people lined up to talk to, but I'm going to take a little bit of a break just for... Uh, mental health, really. So let's go ahead for now and uh, go back to the BMXNet conference, talk to Andrea, and uh, get some some info on what it's like uh, Pearson in Germany. Okay, uh, so I'm Andrea. I'm like uh, based in Berlin and working in the moment with AKA, the shop John John opened up in Berlin. 
just for two years now because my shop I was in for 18 years closed like really two months before the pandemic starts. Really? Yeah, because some, um, how you say this, um, investors mm. was buying, uh, selling and the locations and then it was so no more after 19 years. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That sucks. It was crazy, yeah. yeah. But now I'm with Gabi at AKA and for now it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You've been piercing for quite a long time. Yeah, I think I started like 98, 99, okay. kind of like, I was working for Body Shock, mm-hmm. Germany. It was a company I think created in the UK for wholesale for piercing jewelry. Yeah, almost uh, almost similar in a way to Wildcat yes, or something. Yeah. Yes, and a friend of mine started the German distribution mm-hmm. and I was working for her then a little bit and there I kind of meet Misha and some other people and there was piercing there always when we was on tour and then from this point I start to learn and start to do by myself then. Yeah. I think the first time in a shop shop I was working from probably 2000 in an official shop. So I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes in body piercing and the industry and the community. What are some of the, the bigger ones that might stick out at you? Uh, I don't know, it's like the, probably the same in America, but in Europe, a big change was when we was going from medical steel for, to completely to titanium. Mm-hmm. This was a huge thing, yeah. for sure. And um, also kind of when it goes from like kind of being punk and or looking like punk style, going like to the glam style, mm-hmm. to all the bling bling, yeah. and then the gold was coming up. But this is not so long a time ago, no? Mm-hmm. It was getting like more like in the in the very expensive corner of a jewelry, no? Yeah. Uh, do you think that that makes things like more intimidating for people that want to join the community and become piercers? Or do you think it maybe makes it easier because maybe the shops have more money to invest in things? I think it makes more easier the access. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, it's anyway for us. We are kind of not the f- first, first generation. I would say in Germany, my generation is like maybe the between the second and the third generation of piercers. My old boss that had the studio I was working so long in, he was starting to tattoo, I think like, I don't know, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he also pierced in the area of Frankfurt am Main and he was the second one after Sammy Streckenbach there yeah and I saw some self-made tools from him and self-made jewelry really it was amazing wow. yeah and then no and I think like we are like the generation that kind of was the first generation that had access more easy access to professional material mm-hmm. no, and, and it still was hard to get like the education most most of the thing was like watching somebody else and then try to do it yeah and now the people i mean they can go to conferences they have if you go in the big shop you even can be like an apprentice official with a contract and mm-hmm. everything what the fuck no? right we, we didn't have this yeah i when, when i started piercing in the states apprenticeships were more common but not what it is today today i think an apprentice can get paid yes to to be an apprentice yes. and that that's kind of crazy now this was yeah. like for sure not in germany back in the days i s- yeah. also in the very beginning i would say like in the beginning of the 90s 
it was also like a lot of the the studio was controlled of the rockers here and mm. so it was not so easy to get in yeah well you know so you you lived in in berlin when it was still east berlin west berlin no yeah no, no? i moved here with 18 okay 93 okay so just after just shortly after yeah yeah but i grew up very close to berlin mm -hmm. so okay yeah did you feel like um did you feel like culturally if there were still west berliners and east berliners that that affected the the body mod scene tattooing piercing things like that the east berliners the east people in general was more excited and desperate to do something and okay yeah, because it was all new access to them. Yeah, I I must say, I think it also kind of started in the GDR. When I was, the war breakdown when I was 14. And there I saw also the first people was having like self-made tattoos and mm -hmm. stuff like this. Because if you was living like close to Berlin or around Berlin, you had access to um, see West TV mm. and also listen to the radio. Okay. So it was like, you know, you was getting like a little bit of the information and you saw it and you got all excited about. Yeah. And then, yeah, but I think they really was more excited about all of this. Mm -hmm. no? And it was less, less in the picture of being a biker and stuff like this, what it was in the very beginning. Sure. No, that's like yeah. I think that's like kind of the first people that really dived hardcore into this. No? Getting a lot of tattoos, mm -hmm. starting with um, having a lot of stuff in the ears and shit like this. No? So when did you see it kind of start to turn from the biker style into people were getting it, but then it turned into its own scene. Like the, the European scene, the German scene, it's 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 very distinct. You know, people have a lot of like heavier mods here and a lot of like larger piercings and more piercings and um, like when did you start to see the bod mod kind of community take hold? You know, like the, the people that you see at, at BMX now? I think like in the beginning of 2000, okay. like 2000, 2001, yeah. you had all, in the beginning you had, of course you had some of the tattoo conventions, but you had all the festivals hmm. where people was like having big booths with jewelry, a lot of people from the UK was traveling to, to the German festivals and this was like kind of the first thing where it was getting a little bit more spreaded mainstream, yeah. no? like to not just hardcore underground and rockers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, I would say, I mean, I started getting like really heavily or more tattooed, like probably in 97 and 98, I started with my arm sleeves. So, and, and this time it was still not very crazy, special for women, mm -hmm. but like it still was something. Yeah. And then in the beginning of 2000, oh my God. Everybody. Yeah. 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 Like, and actually in a very short time, no? mm -hmm. maybe four years, five max. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then that that slow change of like I don't know if it was the same kind of parallel to what to what I saw in the states, but you know there was the explosion of like body mod, and then um, you know body piercers started to get a lot more serious about it and started to to meet more you know APP and, yeah. and all that stuff, and then 
BMX happens. Uh, what kind of what kind of impact did that have on the like the local community of, of German piercers? Was it like this brilliant explosion, or did it create like factions almost? Or I I personally think it's not so big and so crazy like in America. Mm. I must say, like especially with the body modifications, it was always like a very small group of people. Now in Europe, the first ones you really can recognize brilliant is Lucas Spira. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Roland and Ralph from Visa Vajara and Xamba. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And yes, then. Mm -hmm. And then, like I personally got the contact to this scene like pff, actually really through suspension. Yeah. We started with Chandler with Superfly, I think, in 2002, 2003. Mm -hmm. And through this, all the people that have to do with body modifications was coming kind of closer in the group. Now, yeah. actually, the, the stuff for me changed a lot with starting with suspensions. Mm -hmm. When did that start for you? 2002. Okay. I had my first suspension in 2002, and then Chandler too. And shortly after, he founded Superfly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then we start to work pretty together. major with with Superfly also. Yeah, but the founder was Chandler. Yeah. And but we was, we was like living in the same hood, mm -hmm. and I also was working before already with him in a photograph pro project he had because he was buying jewelry at Body Shock. Okay. That's how we met. Yeah. And then we start to work uh, a lot together. Mm -hmm. And also shortly after Beto arrived. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's just nice seeing, um, you know, seeing the same faces at BMX every year. And, you know, I know a little bit about people's histories, but every year I come back, I learn a little bit more and how everything is so connected. And these people work together and these people work together and there are all these groups yeah. and everything like that. It's a really nice experience coming Yeah. Here. Yeah, but for me, like really, if I think about like the the hardcore, ch like or the, not the hardcore change, but uh, diving deeper into body modifications and meet more people of this started basically really with suspension. Mm -hmm. That was the point where everything started, and also to dive into scarifications yeah. and yeah, yeah. So did it kind of grow out of? out of the studio, like offering it to clients, or did it kind of grow more out of the community where yeah. you found it and you found passion for yes, it? Yes, it's more the community. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, we had like very quick after Chandler founded Superfly, we started with the summer camp. Mm -hmm. And the first five years was in Berlin, and then we went out to the nature. And we always had some people here like uh, that um, was doing also body modification or offering in this time. No? Like Oscar was there a lot mm -hmm. from Spain. And Yeston was there, so and then this started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Do you have? I know it's silly to ask if somebody has like kind of a favorite thing when you when you do all these different things. You probably love them all in their own way. But do you have one that you're maybe most drawn to for your passion? Actually, scarification. Even if mm. I don't do much, because it's not so common in Berlin. Yeah. Everybody is shocked about it, but mm -hmm. in Berlin, it's not. A big deal about this, yeah. But mm. this is still my favorite. Yeah. I, I go through my ups and downs. Uh, I think when I can focus on just performing a piece for a client that I connect to, I, I love it almost yeah. more than anything. But I don't know if you've had the same experiences, but just like the way that body piercing has turned from 
counterculture or punk rock or something extreme into fashion and gold and little tiny gems everywhere. Scarification a little bit has changed in that way where the, the contacts that I'm getting are people who kind of want, like people want me to recreate like the Joker scar or battle scar all the time because it's like, they, it's this, I don't know. Ah, you don't have this here. Yeah, yeah. It's more, it's, it's still the, the yeah, one-on-one connection kind of, yes. yeah, yeah. I don't, and, I don't know what, and what's And also like really often like special projects, no? Mm -hmm. Like really, it's really nice actually still here. Yeah, yeah. So do you have, do you have any sort of preferences for scarification? Like I get asked all the time to work on the face, but I'm just, I know that I'm not good working on the face. Like I'm, I'm very confident anywhere else in the body, but I don't, I don't enjoy working on faces. So is there anything that's like special for you for scarification? I like chest a lot. Chest, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And also, how you call the upper part of the leg? The, the, uh, the thigh? Yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's always a fun area yeah. to work because you can open the lines so yeah. much and get so much detail. And but all my that. favorite piece I did for like also a photo project is like something that goes down from here, down from mm. the ribs, down mm. to the stomach. This is also nice. Yeah. yeah. So the, the clients you get for scarification, are they mostly from the Berlin area or do they are they drawn in from other areas? Uh, no, actually the few ones I have, I have like coming back, it's like Berlin area. And sometimes, you know, you remember we had like, um, we always have the men woman day. Mm -hmm. And through this project actually from core, we also got people from outside that mm -hmm. coming was coming for the special day or there was in Berlin and knew about the day mm -hmm. and was joining them for this special day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But like actually my clients more, it's like really more Berlin people. Yeah. Or from East Germany. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so with suspension, like working with Superfly, uh, you know, primarily based in, in Germany, uh, what was it like when there, were, when there started to be all those different explosions of like different groups starting to share information This was online? coming very late for us, no? Yeah. Basically, short before we stopped, we had, we was on the point that we had more teams in Berlin for a very long time. Superfly was the only big group. Yeah. There was Roland and Ralph from Visa Vajara, mm -hmm. and it was us. And then we, on, some, on two summer camps, we was also doing seminars and teaching people. Mm -hmm. And from this was forming Martin, uh, his project, and some other people. But I think Martin was the only one that continued. And then just was coming all the other people and basically because they choose to make Berlin home base, no? like Alex and Charlene mm -hmm. and uh, Princess Tweedledeedle, because they was all not Berlin based before. Yeah. Yeah. So actually Superfly was for a very long time. We was the only bigger uh, group in Germany that was active for performance mm -hmm. and also making like happenings like private suspensions and the big summer camp one time per year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And actually when we stopped, it was like this, like that <laughs> teams was everywhere. Yeah, exploded. Well, I mean, you know, if you, if you have that ed education, but you also have, you know, you're inspiring other people and, and then if, yeah. if you're not there and there's almost a vacuum and they just yeah. explode. Yeah. 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 It was a crazy time. Mm. Um, so you're, you're a familiar face whenever I come to BMX. And you're also like um, 
kind of an authority figure at BMX as far as like safety and, and organization and, and things like that, you know, making sure that things are done smooth. Yeah, probably because of my second job I have. I also work as a bouncer. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard that in a... In <laughs> no, a but I actually kind of rolled into it because we was always just the superfly here mm -hmm. to A, perform and B, be the stage manager. Yeah. To rig all the stuff that is necessary that mm. the people that coming from outside of Germany don't have to travel with equipment. Yeah. This was the main idea in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then it started, oh, can't you not also organize the shows? And, you know, and then now since three years, I'm also a board member of mm -hmm. BMXnet. Yeah. It was like kind of like a ongoing process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you accidentally let people know that you're good at being an adult mm -hmm. and now they need you to be yeah. full-time yeah. adult. Um, so, do you want to talk about your other job at all? We can, no problem. Because I, I, you know, it's a very famous club. Now, I'm working since 2009 in a very famous club in Berlin, yeah, in Berghain. Mm -hmm. But I started with this bouncer, bouncer, being a bouncer and security pff, in 2003, I think. Yeah. When I was still studying. It was actually a side job. It's mm -hmm. still a side job. Okay. I started to work for different companies, concerts, jobs in Berlin and all the venues of Berlin some smaller clubs and then slowly dive into the techno club scene. Mm -hmm. yeah. I also worked at the new Tresor for like, I think two years and then I go to Berghain. So I, I guess my one question would be, where have you seen the crazier experiences in the clubs or in the body mod scene? I don't know because both of them was like, oh, like is, is a big part of my life since a long time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I can't say. It's both crazy work-wise sometimes. No? Even the being in a club, working in a club is more exhausting mm -hmm. sometimes. No? Like, and the other one is more for fun. Yeah. That's and it's more the people I choose to be with. No? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when you come to BMX, do you find yourself wanting to to take classes and experience things in that way? or I would like to, but it never happened. Too busy, yeah. Oh, yeah, last year. Yeah, well, yeah. Last year was amazing because it, you know, the clubs was closed and mm -hmm. we just had the outdoor space open in the summer, like a small dance garden. Yeah. And then I always had like the headphone in and then listen to the classes. This was very funny. It was, I think, the first time I got so many classes. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's good that you can actually yeah, and take uh, some because you're always working so hard here. It's actually more like you are always like, you know, like checking with one eye everything and you can't sit still. Mm. If I would go now to a class, I could sit still there and concentrate because maybe the phone is ringing or maybe somebody needs something or something like this. It's yeah. more like this. Yeah. But it's right. okay. Yeah. Uh, so how do you feel about like the change of body piercing, you know, when it went from counterculture to fashion culture do, do you do you like that now or do you kind of want to maybe see it go in other directions or have, maybe have more of a mix i like the mix and in berlin the mix is still possible mm -hmm. i mean it's also it's also like kind of how you choose to work in the shop you are right so you just make high quality mm -hmm. or you still want to have the mix uh, clients yeah. and offer both types of jewelry, mm -hmm. let's say. Yeah. And the beauty of Berlin is this huge melting pot of every kind of people. Mm -hmm. And they find you. 
Yeah, in in the states, it's it's really heavily gone into just pretty little tiny things, and you know that's entirely what my studio is at this point. You know, it's it's fashion piercings, and I don't necessarily want to try to pull it back into what it was in like the earlier 2000s or anything like that but it's it's very different and like you know I've been piercing long enough where I can kind of see the the difference I think some piercers who are newer you know f just five years experience or something they, they might just not know the bling yeah. Bling stuff, yeah. Well, I talked I talked quite about it with Matt about how um, maybe they missed some of like the the learning experiences of doing it one way and then growing into doing yeah. it another way now they just kind of learn this way yes. and, and stick here rigidly do you think that that's better or worse for a piercer do you I think it's not it's the uh, worst mm. and I also what I miss from is like if the young people are coming they are excited they want to learn mm -hmm. but they are not flexible yeah they are just stuck to the one thing and then I never know how to say this in English in German it's Scheuklappen you know when the horses going through the street and they have this thing the blinders yeah and this is like I don't know I really miss that people are flexible mm -hmm. and um, also in German you'd say mitdenken I don't know you can translate it probably to think with mm -hmm. it would be the word-to-word -word translation yeah they are not you know you tell them yeah just try to figure out how it works and it's like they can't because they are sure. not used to Oh, you say this in English, fuck. To work by themselves? Yeah. Without like getting an exactly does, does the, does order? The, does the phrase training wheels translate for like a bicycle? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's it, that kind of concept. Yeah. I, I understand that because uh, going back to the apprenticeship concept, now that's how almost everybody would get into piercing. In, in the studios that are using nice jewelry, nice sterilizers, all that stuff, they're probably going to have a system where like, you're, you're trained by a mentor, by yes. an experienced piercer. But when you got into piercing in the 90s or the mm -hmm. early 2000s, you maybe had someone that was like, here's some needles and jewelry, yes. figure it out. Yes. And you had to make some, some mistakes yes. along the way to learn, but yes. that's okay. Uh, but also and, you learn to be flexible. Yeah, and if you explain that to maybe a younger piercer now, they think that that's irresponsible and, and unsafe. Yeah, but also when you have all the... There are still a few piercers, good ones, that are traveling a lot, mm -hmm. right, for work. They're making guest boards. And um, that means you are every time in a new situation. You are in a new shop yep. with their own rules and you have to adapt very quick to it. And this, as the younger generation, most of them, in my opinion, they are not so good in it because they mm. are so fixed in their system. Yeah. They are pretty good then in this system and they are reaching like really high levels. But like soon they are getting a setup in another country or just in another shop, maybe in the next town mm -hmm. that works completely different. Yeah, and they panic. Yes. Yeah. I, I've, had that, <laughs> I've had that panic because... Uh, I went over to, to Pinpoint to cover. Yes. And, um, they, you know, lots of similarities, but also enough differences where I was like, oh, you know, and I can't screw up. It's Christiana's shop. Yes, like I, you, you know, yeah. Oh my and God, you have no. to kind of, you have, yes. to, you have to adapt. And yes. I, I think in the US they have, there's a little bit of that now because you have, like, as you said, the guest piercers where they travel from shop to shop. And some of those piercers are fantastic because they've had to learn 10 different ways yes. how to be a good piercer. 
Yeah, I like this a lot. Yeah. But this is maybe also my East German mentality, mm -hmm. I must say. Mm -hmm. no? Because you had to work with what is there. Yeah. Yeah. And make it happen. But you know, you're a stronger piercer for it, you know, and, and the, all the other things that, that you do, like, you know, you had to learn and adapt and learn a little bit of information here and a little bit here and decide what you wanted to put together yeah. into the, the way that you did it. So it's good. I, I, I would think that the younger piercers now, they're still getting that good information, but they're, they're maybe only seeing one type of information. And sometimes I think it makes them lazy that they mm. have so easy access now to all the information. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. and they're trying to figure out less stuff by themselves mm -hmm. to like learning by doing. It's because they're scared to experiment. I think. Yeah, some, maybe some this also. Some are scared. Yeah. yeah, this can be too. Yeah. Yeah. But this was always a big part for me, at least, in the whole journey. Mm -hmm. Trying. Right. Trying it out and yeah. see it works or not. Yeah. Also with Superfly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure with suspension, it was probably more challenging because um, there, there, there is a suspension community. They do share information. There, there are meetups and things like that, but very few compared to tattooing, to piercing, where there are huge conventions and groups and all that stuff. So it must have been you know, challenging trying to... Yeah, Chandler is a very good... Um guy and figuring things out you yeah. know like also like equipment and mm -hmm. technique and then yeah yeah i remember some of the the first times where i saw superfly perform here and it completely changed my mind of what suspension was um some of the suspensions that i'd seen in the u.s they were very simple uh not to say that that's a, a bad thing but here like seeing it really as a performance and like all the the art, art artistic sensibilities yeah, that goes into it the first suspension i saw on stage was from some german sideshow performers basically and it was like had more like a freak show sideshow mm. act and we never wanted to be this yeah this was never shock value yeah this was like actually everything we hated mm -hmm. so and now look at uh beto he stepped even, he was make, he made even one bigger step out of this and go in this theatrical thing with yeah, suspension. No? Right, where it's, it's, it's like a performance. Yeah, it's like yeah. He, he did a crazy project with the opera singer together. They even performed in the opera in, I think in Sweden. Wow. Yeah. Not, not Hillary, was it Hillary? No, Joa. Okay. He's a Berlin-based opera singer, but mm -hmm. he comes originally from Sweden. Okay, cool, yeah. yeah. So, um, do you have maybe predictions about the next few years? Like, you know, coronavirus just makes everything crazy for everybody, you know, but I think as we can start to maybe move beyond it, maybe there'll be some sort of explosion of... I, s I must honestly say, I don't know how it is in America, but here we are kind of waiting that it slow down again in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's like, like really after every lockdown, Oh, we, we knew, okay, the next month's going to be kind of good. But it's like in the moment, it's still probably the people can't travel right. so much as they want to. Mm -hmm. And then they start to spend the money more in town. Because mm. also in Berlin, special in summer, you actually, you don't depend on them, but you make, you have a lot of clients coming from uh, tourism. Mm. The holiday and, clients. And this, we yeah. didn't have this. Mm. Like this year, a little bit, last year, almost nothing yeah. and if German tourists tourists that was traveling in their own country mm -hmm. 
and it's I'm still like waiting like for the months that it's like again like before corona that you don't have so much to do it's really weird yeah we don't trust this now in the moment but it's I'm quite surprised how it is in the moment yeah I must say honestly yeah yeah, I don't know. You talk to some studios and they say that they're they're busier than they've ever been yeah. before. And um, you don't want to think that it's maybe like a, a bubble that will yeah. go away. You know, maybe it's... That's why I'm still writing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, hopefully it, it stays this way. You know, it's the same in my studio. Like, I've been very busy and yeah. part of me worries is like, well, will it all just be gone? You know, when we get into winter and or people are shopping for Christmas or whatever. Does I mean, mean last winter we was closed. Eh? We was yeah. closed from no from 2nd of November till beginning of March. Mm -hmm. I think we was allowed to work again like 12th of March or something like this for one month. Trust even for one or two days. Mm. And then we had to close again for another five or six weeks. That seems like the worst, you know, like what, because I, I, I was closed for two months and then that's it. And then mm. I've been open the whole time since. But some studios, it's like open one month, close two months, open three months, close six months. And yeah, no, actually, the, we had the first lockdown in March for like seven weeks, I think. Mm -hmm. Then we could work the whole summer beginning like autumn. And then we was closed like from November till March. Yeah. Then we had again like five weeks closed and may april may and since then we are again open with a lot of um rules of course but it's not so bad i must yeah. say i think i think clients spend a lot of time um looking at their phones and seeing like all the all the jewelry that was available and maybe fantasizing about what they wanted and then as soon as they were allowed to go outside again they just all rushed into piercing studios and I just hope that that doesn't completely go away. I have more a feeling it's that they won't feel themselves again. Mm. Yeah. You know, and, and change something on their body. It's right. I, So my opinion, it's like, it's less the jewelry and it's like really more feeling the body again and yeah. do something you can work on. Mm -hmm. That's... Something that makes you yeah. feel, I don't know, different and... Yeah, it's yeah. the same tool you can. The most people do, why they do suspension? Mm -hmm. no? It's like this: ground yourself again, feel your body again. Yeah. No? And like lately, the customer we had in AKA, it's like really less. Oh, I want bling bling. It's like really more. The experience. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like rem reminds me a lot to like the beginning when mm. I started. No. It's actually so not bad. In the in the modern in the modern piercing studio, um, do you find that like it's it's difficult to manage? Like if people want more of an experience and more time, does that feel like it adds pressure to you as a piercer? No, because I take my time. Okay. I like we also have we had to start to work now with appointment only was mm. one of the rules. Same. And also um, then on one point, because it was so much emails and phone calls and it was not so easy handleable for the shop manager because he had also other stuff to do, we ended up having the online booking system and there you kind of forced to put time slots. Mm. Yeah. But still now then in the end, if I, if I need more time, I take the time. Yeah. I'm like not one of, I, I don't like it. Mm. I don't, would, I would not like it for myself. It, it would be like kind of the factory style. Yeah. 
Like yeah. one explain you the aftercare and all the other stuff and then bam, go out, ciao. Nah, mm -hmm. I don't like this. Yeah. I would well, not like it for myself. What's like your comfortable amount of time that you'd like to spend with the it's customer? It's up to the piercing, but at least 30 minutes mm -hmm. for like simple ear stuff. Yeah. Just the aftercare took me always ages. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's very international in Berlin. Most of the time I have to explain it in English mm -hmm. and to people they are also not the mother language is English, so it's always ending up in, in foreign back and trying to find easier words to explain stuff. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. This is actually taking the most of my time in, in the moment. Yeah, I would imagine that would be the challenging. Marking, uh, the marking and the stuff till everything is fine, then the piercing is super quick. Yeah. And then the aftercare is again a big part, for me at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm... I'm I'm a spoiled American piercer <laughs> where <laughs> almost all of my clients speak English as a first language so it's 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 easy for me to do aftercare in a in a short amount of time. Yeah. Um but yeah, if a client comes in and maybe Spanish is their first language and we stumble with some of the words, it really slows things down and I would imagine that that's Oh, that's actually the very amplified. beauty the very beautiful thing on Aka, there's a lot of Spanish speaking people. Mm -hmm. The shop manager is from Belgium, so he speaks French. Yeah. Also, that's actually that's actually the good thing in in Berlin. I think in our shop in the moment, the only German ones is me and one tattoo. Mm -hmm. The rest are non-Germans. Yeah, so you have to learn extra two or three languages, and, and you'll be no, master. I English with them all the time, and mm -hmm. they understand it because if they live some years here, they also get some German words. Sure. Even though you don't need German and English, mm -hmm. and, and the German in Berlin, as Gabi, I think he speaks like some words, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I've tried, I've tried, you know, I can say like hello and thank you, but that's, that's about it in most yeah, languages. Well, that's fine, no? Yeah. yeah. That's enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Berliners, I think the most of them, they are so used to it, they give a shit now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I even talk to German people English and then after 10 minutes, ah, you are German. Oh, we can talk German. Ah, okay. Okay, cool. And five minutes later, we, I start again talking English to them. It's super yeah. stupid. So in those situations, is it um, English is just comfortable or is it almost like you're, you're kind of taking a minute with someone else to almost practice yes. your English? So. No, but now the point is like always, I have to talk with the most of the people in AKA English. Mm -hmm. And then also in the, if you, in the clubs, you have to talk most of the time English. Mm. And then sometimes you are so into it that ah, there are still some Germans in Berlin. So yeah, yeah. with the with the club experience, is it mostly um, tourists or or do people like specifically come for the club? Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially from Europe. Mm. I I mean, before the pandemic, it was like this. No, that yeah. like a lot. Like really, some people was just coming for the they just come for the weekends. Mm -hmm. And then you and have to say. No, they're coming come in. Friday <laughs> and go out again on Tuesday, stuff like this. No? Yeah. I mean, they can check up the lineup a month, I think, in front. Mm -hmm. And some of them are really crazy with DJs and when they see their play. Mm. And I mean, I never get the... I understand that it's for some people very important to go in there because of a DJ or they want to see the, lo the, the location is crazy. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's an old power plant mm. and the architect did some amazing work there and the sound system is very, very good. Cool. And I, I get it. But like it's you are also here in Berlin and it's not the only club in Berlin mm -hmm. and it's not the only good club. So yeah, yeah. 
But yeah. it's the most famous, so they want to yeah, get it. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Has anyone, uh, well, I don't even want to say has anyone, because I'm sure they have. Um, what's the most, what you're comfortable with, what's the most interesting thing that someone has tried to bribe you with to get in? To get in? Oh, yeah. now they can't do this with me. Okay. The first five well, years. Well, not, not that they have been successful, but that they've tried to bribe you uh, with. But like in Berkheim, you have the selection mm -hmm. in front of the door. Mm -hmm. And um, we just started some time ago that also like a girl is with in front of the door. So it's mostly just during the daytime that if I worked there, I was sometimes in the front of the door. So that's a different scenario. Okay. The most difficult thing is still the night mm -hmm. because you also have all the other people that are in the night out that's like you know, going from one club to another. Mm -hmm. And this is like... And the inside is really amazing because also of the very, very good selection we have now. Hmm. And if there is some problems or some craziness to handle, it's mostly outside. Hmm. I, I have it's a, few a very special vibe inside. It's a very... Seems like it would be. It's a very free, free place inside. Mm -hmm. no? And a very strong and good community. Hmm. But a big part of it is the good, the very good selection. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, because if you... A nightclub is going to thrive based on who is there and yeah. inside and having fun and being cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, what have you noticed for like the suspension community with, with COVID? Is it the same thing where now that people have a little bit more freedom, are they kind of wanting to explode and last explore? Last summer, yes. Yeah. I think this summer was not so crazy as last summer. Mm -hmm. But also probably the people are a little bit tired now, like from all the... We had a very long lockdown. Yeah this time mm -hmm. you know, so but last summer definitely yeah it was like everybody was super excited and yeah and also and this year berlin wa was not so good with the um, very good summer so the the weather was not that amazing this yeah. is also very uh, a, a very strong point always because in the summer was most of really the people hot? would like to be outside okay was it really hot or really wet no 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 like no not hot not oh. very hot just okay. some days always then rain a lot actually not a lot of rain but more rain than the last three years mm -hmm. yeah. mm. people like to complain in germany you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you know the, the the language just lends itself so well mm. to saying angry things in yeah. a stern way <laughs> yeah i know yeah no but yeah last summer it was the people was more excited mm -hmm. i would say mm. yeah but also this summer the people that facilitate the suspension was more be careful and even stricter in the rules than after the first lockdown mm -hmm. that changed a lot the long lockdown we had during the whole winter yeah i think a long lockdown will make people like when you get to a point where we are now, where it's like it can go one way or the other, and now we have to work to make it go the good way, I think people are just like, don't fuck around, just yes. do what you have to do, mm -hmm. and then we, then we can get back to being normal. And now a lot of the people also, doesn't matter in which kind of um, business or entertainment they're looking for, mm -hmm. they say, now we waited so long, now I want to have it like without rules, and then fuck it, I wait another six months. Yeah. Yeah. This year also have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I live in America, so yeah. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. But last summer, like really, everybody was super excited mm -hmm. to do stuff. 
for for BMX this year, um, you know, you, you had a lot of uh, safety precautions in place and um, saying that people needed to be vaccinated, saying that people needed to get tested before they could even register, mm -hmm. having people wear masks, all that stuff. I think all that stuff is is great. How how difficult is it to organize and, and manage that and, and keep it strict? Actually, not so difficult because of the rules we have in Germany almost since eight or nine months. Mm -hmm. The testing is a big part of the concept of the German government. Mm -hmm. And through this, we are actually all used to it. It's not really difficult, actually, yeah. to follow the rules now because we follow them since like a long time. And yeah. it's, it's special in Berlin. Everything is very good set up now. Uh, testing especially, like that's, yeah. that's a very impressive testing center. And that's like a small one, a private one. You mm -hmm. have to see the big ones from the government. Yeah, Pfft. it's just like it's a factory. Yeah no, yeah, no, not a factory, but you have them really fucking everywhere. Mm. Like just in my neighborhood, like till five, five minutes walking distance, distance I have, I think three or four testing stations. Mm. So they made the access like really quick. When on the point they decided, we're working with testings for special stuff. So for example, in the beginning after the second lockdown, we, they call it body clothes work. It's also cosmetic and stuff like this. Yeah. Was allowed to be the last one to open again. Okay. Yeah. And from the beginning, they, they said, okay, we're going to set this system up. It's tested only. Then when uh, on the point the numbers were super low, they say, okay, you don't have to test any, not, not every client anymore, mm -hmm. just the ones where you work under the mask okay. and stuff like this. They really make the step by step mm -hmm. and they really work very quick on it. I think the first week, or not the first three or four days when they started with testing mandatory and also giving the free test out for the citizens mm -hmm. was like in Berlin, 128 testing centers. Wow. And like five days later, we had almost a double. It was really like this, super yeah. quick. Yeah. Well, because you can't have you can't have a rule that would like crush. A, you know, if you're going to say you can offer under the mask, but they have to get a test. Well, then you have to have readily available. Yeah, but free don't forget everywhere. we are in Germany. They like bureaucracy sure, and, and sure. paperwork. I yeah. was very surprised that it works that smooth and easy. Yeah, I mean, it was a really seamless experience. At home, I can get tests relatively easy, but it's like make an appointment, go a few days later, get your results a few days later. Here it was like, I made an appointment for my hotel, 10 minutes later, I, I, I was oh, at the testing center. But this is the center. quick test. Probably in America you had the PCR test, yeah. or you also work with the quick test. No, I've, I've done the rapid also at home. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And still yeah. sometimes, you know, you don't get the result until a day later, even for the rapid test. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so here it's like you walk in, you get tested, and 20, 20 minutes, minutes later you have you the have email it. on your yeah. phone, so. It makes it so easy. Yeah, I was very surprised that I could set up this so quick. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. No, this was really very good. And the venues have rules they got from the government mm -hmm. and you just actually have to adapt. And this is, yeah. if, is in it Berlin, no, it's no masks in the clubs now? Uh, since two weeks in oh, Berlin. Yeah. But just, uh, we call it 2G and 3G. Mm -hmm. Like it's actually because the German word start with a G is uh, 2G is vaccinated and healed and 3G is vaccinated, healed and tested. Okay. Yeah. And in German, all the words start with a G that why is 2G and 3G. Mm -hmm. 
And then actually Hamburg was the first town to open indoor for 2G. And then a in Berlin one club owner was going to court and he got the right and the Senate decided to not go against it. Mm -hmm. And a week later they put it out or two weeks later they put it out and now the we can open inside to 2000 people if you have the electrical air okay like things. circulation constantly yes. yeah and if you don't have then it's still 1000 people okay and yeah now it's uh, starting again it's mm. very crazy yeah we start in october so it's a little bit weird but yeah. let's see but then it's going to be indoor just vaccinated people and healed people and no masks mm -hmm. yeah well Hopefully we're rounding a corner and we're not just ending up in another spike, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Germany wants to try to not go in lockdown again. Mm -hmm. So let's see. Yeah. And they want, I think they're going to make it dependent or more hard for unvaccinated people. Mm -hmm. The vaccine mandate isn't common in the U.S. right now. It's starting to become common for like certain venues and mm. events and things like that. Really like, you know, you have to wear a mask when you're in the lobby. Mm -hmm. Then when you're in the piercing room, you can take it down to get pierced. Things like that. I think customers are in my studio. They've been fine with it. Um, but I'm, I've publicized it. So there's probably more clients that are just like, well, I'm not going to go there. Mm. They want me to wear a mask. I'm not going to do that. I was also very surprised. We really had almost no stress and everybody, yeah, yeah, no problem. I go make a test and nobody was complaining. Mm -hmm. But a friend of mine, she's having a hairdresser salon. What's actually more easy going. Yeah. And she had like really people freaking out in the shop. What? I have to wear the mask all the time. And what? I have to sign this. And we mm. also have this tracking system for the healthcare. Yeah. We stuff. don't have that in the oh, US. Yeah, we have. yeah we like, have. you know, scan the code. And it, we have it in some places. It's very optional, but mm. nobody uses it widely. No, this is here mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she had like really some people freaking out in the, sh in the shop. And I was like, so what the fuck is going on here? I'm very, actually, very happy with, the, with our clients. Mm -hmm. It was very easy going with yeah. all of the rules and the shit. I've heard some other people have tougher tougher experiences. No, I'm, I'm really surprised. It was really nice, mm. I must say. Yeah. Well, it's that same experience. Like, I think now that people are out of lockdown and they want to get pierced, they also, they're sick of being told rules. So I think maybe, maybe masks and vaccines aren't the problem, but when it comes to, I don't know how it is here for like consent with minors and things like that, but parents have been horrible bringing their children in to get pierced. They've just been horrible, horrible parents. Just mm. like, you know, oh, this is, I don't need an ID. I don't need any sort of paperwork. Mm. Ah, just let them get it done. Now till now, very, very relaxed. I'm really surprised it's very easy going in the mm. moment. Even though the people are tyrant in Berlin of yeah. this shit. Yeah. And we are kind of the last places mm -hmm. where clients have to wear mandatory FFP2. Mm -hmm. Everywhere else now, since like the summer, you can also wear the operation mask again. Yeah. But body clothes work and uh, doctor hospital, you have to wear FFP2 and us. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Mm. Well. Yeah. It's like this. I just, I, you know, I, let's, let's hope that maybe next year things are a little bit. I think it's going to go. Like if all the rules are going to be gone, mm -hmm. I think they're going to be. Yeah. Some craziness again. The realist in me knows that we're going to be doing the exact same thing next year, you know, but I, I would like to be hopeful and think that maybe I'll I can be tell able to you how the first party went then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, but Berliners tend really soon they have a little, little piece of freedom back. They go crazy. Yeah. 
Same, same in yeah, the US. Yeah, like really. Yeah. But they are also super happy. But it's also, you know, at a certain point, it's kind of the government's responsibility in a way to just give consistent rules because when you say like, you know, lockdown, no more lockdown, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, go cough in your friend's face, it's no problem. You know, it's like, well, people are just going to go out and live their lives and maybe even if they're sticking to those rules, sometimes the rules are terrible. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, I like how it, how it was in Asia. Mm. It was w because the people are more polite. The, not only more. polite, they are more in the community thinking. Right. You know, they say, I don't want to get disturbed by you, don't dis so I don't mm -hmm. disturb you. Yeah. No? And they are like more thinking in the whole. Yeah. Yeah, like and when, this I, is missed when in I went to Japan time. and you would see people wearing a, a mask on a subway and it's like they're just being polite because they have a sore throat yes. and they don't want me to get sick. Yes. Which is the whole point of why we're all supposed to wear yes. a mask so we don't get someone else sick. It's, yeah. not, it's not necessarily to protect us. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, people don't get that. But at the same time, the government has done a shit job of explaining mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 No, but it's nice. Mm -hmm. It's like... For me, sometimes it's still crazy that all of this stuff is like it is now, because like the first 14 years, stuff like this would be not not possible, no? yeah. like not thinking about all this. Yeah. Like, so, oh yeah, you can see it a little bit on the TV, but okay, it's not going to happen for us. Mm -hmm. And then boom. And then boom. Yeah, yeah. really. It's really crazy. Yeah. Still, sometimes I think, oh man, what the fuck? I was in Germany when it when it happened when when everything like broke like the news broke where it wasn't just like oh yeah it's a problem in China where it's like it's a problem right here right now I was I was teaching in uh, Dusseldorf and um, I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to fly home the next day because yeah. it just the news broke and it's like all these things are getting shut down and lockdowns and this and that and I was like I, I better get home right now yeah yeah it was crazy yeah yeah let's see yeah yeah but it's nice it's like. Uh, like, I don't know how this, I mean, America is very big, no? like the US, comparing to Germany. But here you also had like really the community like a little bit stucking together. Mm -hmm. And actually the BMX night family, kind of. We had a, like some of the people was organizing a Facebook group. Yeah. Like artists mm -hmm. against COVID. So like, and, but basically to discuss all the rules and we also had some government help the shops had some government help mm -hmm. and check for each um, part of germany it was a little bit different mm -hmm. and there was helping each other a lot so isa from trust was like doing a lot of work there in and uh, also urban mm -hmm. and stuff like this trying to keep everybody up to date very quick and explain it in like more easy german words because the paperwork from Germany is really crazy. Yeah, I'm shocked. And this was like amazing. Yeah. This was like kind of like coming, the community was coming again closer. And I think the starting point basically was from people that uh, are on BMXnet always. Mm. It was really nice to see. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Worked really well. That's great. Yeah. Well, um, anything else you want to share or talk about? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Um, so is there any social media or studio website you'd want people to have or anything? At the moment I'm at AKA, mm -hmm. I still have to figure out what I'm going to do because it's like not just my shop closed and then Corona happened. So I'm still like actually in this kind of so, hmm, what I'm doing now with life. I still have to see. Yeah. Um, I have my just my private Instagram in the moment and mm -hmm. that's it. So I take it easy. Yeah. 
but yeah. That's probably smarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in the moment, like really, AKA is my home base in the moment mm -hmm. with Gabriel together. So, and I'm really happy because John John was also a very good friend and it's very nice to be in his shop now with all the people together. Yeah. It's different to what I had before, but it's also nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And they have a nice shop and like kind of in the new heart of Berlin. It changed every year. Really? Oh, yeah. Jumps around. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, you know, like how you call this gentrification. Right. When some area getting too fancy, mm -hmm. it goes to the next one that is a little bit cheaper and yeah. all the arty stuff going to happen there. Right. And now it is like this, no? Perfect place to be then. Yeah. In the moment, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. Great. Let's see what happens next year. Yeah. If there is a next year. There is. <laughs> there's going to be a next year. Yeah. And hopefully also, again, some big conferences. Yeah. This one here is like also very quick organized. Mm -hmm. And normally you can't find the location if you not book them a year in advance. Right. And but every everything was kind of still. So we say, hey, it looks like we can do it in person. Let's try it. Let's do it small. It doesn't matter. But let's try it. Yeah, I like this venue. Yeah. But yeah. I think like for normal BMX net, it's going to be too small. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But this is a good this is a good kind of transition year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice. I think for you guys it's more easy to travel here than to Essen, right? Uh, eh, about the same. No? Really? Yeah. I, I didn't find it very difficult to get to Essen. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, that's because I had been there so many times, yeah. and maybe if it was my first time getting to Essen, it would be stressful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I mean, yeah. but I like also really Berlin. Huh? Mm -hmm. I I'm still not tired of this town. Yeah. Well, you know, try it in some different cities and see what you like. Well, okay, or not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. You also, you always need somebody to mm -hmm. be in the town to organize the beginning. Right, all the local things you need. Yeah. Yeah. And otherwise you are fucked. Mm -hmm. I think it's not yeah. so easy then. Yeah. And also here, I think you can be a little bit more undercover and you not get so stared on it and stuff like this. No? Yeah. Yeah. Because the Berliners are used to this. Right. Yeah. In Essen, you, you seem to stick out a bit more. Yeah. You like this? I don't like this. Uh. I mean, I don't get it always, mm -hmm. but like, if I get it, it's like, so, oh, come on, get over it. Mm -hmm. We have like, what, 2021? Yeah. I, I get more stares at like, you know, my beard and stuff like that than I do tattoos and piercings. So here point. not. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, you know, some of the people here are so much more heavily modified, you know, a lot more on their face and a lot That's true. more visible stuff. Yeah. Face, face tattoos is very, very crazy common in the moment on mm. the, with the young people. Yeah. Sometimes they're entering and you think, oh God, it looks amazing. How are going to look the rest of the body? And mm -hmm. then there's nothing. And just the hands and the face. I say, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> so you're getting really excited. Then it's like, so, hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they don't like, you know, change their mind and decide that they oh want to be God, a, can a, you imagine this? a doctor yeah, in five no. years. Yeah. But actually, I don't know how it is in the US, but here we're getting there. Mm. I mean, you know, flow. He's working in the hospital. Right, right. And I yeah. have also some other friends that are doctors mm -hmm. that are almost fully tattooed. Really cool. Yeah. And they don't have to hide it. Um, the one in Berlin, not. Mm -hmm. The one that lives in a small town and is having like kind of, how you say this, like the house, the, the you know, the small praxis where you go for everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a family doctor. Yes. Mm -hmm. This one. And he lives in a small town in east part of Germany. Mm -hmm. So he is always wearing long, but the people now, he doesn't hide it. Yeah. They're now. Yeah. And that's fine. It's good. It's time yeah. that people get over it. It's yeah. like, you know, 
what would you what would you rather have you know like I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine seeing a heavily modified person yeah also like I don't know you had this and and here like in the beginning of 2000 it started that you had the people on the counters mm. and the, like I don't know if in the shopping malls and the in the food store yeah. that there was from one day to another people that had tattoos mm -hmm. and was uh, had body modifications yeah and in the beginning you would not even get the job they right. would not even listen to you yeah you'd have to wear long sleeves yes. just to interview and take all the jewelry out yeah. and stuff like this no. yeah and then berlin it went like this mm -hmm. like really uh, from one day to another almost it was very nice to progress. see progress yeah 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 i like this a lot about berlin yeah it adapt and change very quick mm -hmm. but it's also no, the people here fight for the stuff they believe in yeah Uh, there was fighting like crazy when they wanted to remove an old piece of wall just for a fucking fancy apartment building. Mm. They was going on the street for it. it yeah. was, it's like, this is the one thing I really like on Berlin. Yeah. This, the people still go on the street for the stuff they believe in or they want to protect. Mm. Like, and it's mostly culture stuff yeah. or underground yeah. stuff. No? Yeah. Mm. Very nice, very, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. mostly against uh, gentrification. And yeah. it's like in Berlin, it's, I think, still the strongest movement like in, from Germany. Mm -hmm. Hamburg also have it. But like here, it's like really, I'm always surprised. I always think like, you know, since 20 years, I'm saying, ah, it's not going to be nice in Berlin anymore. This change and this and this is close and this. And then out of nothing, like the people start again to fight for it. It's mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice to see. I like the art. I like the art here. I just like being able to see certain things where in the U.S. they maybe wouldn't have let it stay. You know, you just yeah. you get to see murals and sculpture and, yeah. and all this different uh, cultural stuff here that yeah. you maybe don't get to see other places. So I like the city. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Still, I'm stuck here. <laughs> For now. <laughs> Since '93. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very nice, and it was uh, bringing me all the people. Mm -hmm. no? Like Chandler was moving here, yeah. Because everybody likes Berlin, mm. no? Yeah. Now we have so many. Here. Yeah. Now we have so many people, nice people here from the body modification and suspension scene mm -hmm. that are normally traveling a lot. Yeah. And they just take Berlin as home base, so you get to see them quite often now. Yeah. That's very nice. Yeah. Mm. Nice city. Yeah. Cool. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. Next yeah. year. Yeah. All right. Well. Thank you for talking to me. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Andrea. I always appreciate people's time, especially at a busy conference. I'll come back next week because I'm going to have a really interesting, really unique conversation for you that I captured with Daniel Rutt at the UK APP conference, a one-of-a-kind individual. Uh, if you're an APP member, please take some time to log in and vote before December 1st. Make your voices heard. And I would love to have your support over at patreon.com slash ryanpba. I just posted a new video all about floating navels. That joins my back catalog of over a dozen different webinars, and I've got all these new narrated and subtitled uh, technique videos all about surface piercings, bridge piercings, and now floating navels. So go ahead and check that out at patreon.com slash ryanpba. Thanks for your support as always, and I'll be back next week. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.